0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Stacy Shiflett Podcast. So grateful today that you took the time to tune in. And if the episode is a blessing to you, I'd love to hear from you. You're welcome to reach out to me with a text message or an email. And uh, by all means, share it with your friends and your family. We're going to talk about a subject today that is a, a fun subject. It is a passionate subject of mine, of God's, and I hope of yours as well. And that is the subject of fishing. I had the opportunity on Saturday, this past Saturday, to go out with my son, Zane, and one of our men in our church, Brother Johnny Caps, took us out crabbing. First time I've ever done that. We had an absolute blast. Got out there early in the morning, about 5.30, got out on the water. He had already gone out and set the crab baskets out. And uh, when we got there, all we had to do was pull them in, put the bait, in the baskets and uh, wait for the crabs to come in. And uh, the Lord blessed us with a, a a bushel basket of big crabs that we were able to keep. Of course, we probably caught another basket of crabs that we threw back in. They were too small to keep, but we caught a good sized bushel basket of the Maryland beautiful blue crab and uh, brought those in. And later on in the evening, he steamed those up for us there at his house with the Old Bay seasoning, and uh, we had a delicious meal, uh, eating the crabs that we had caught that morning, and uh, made some wonderful memories. Uh, We're in revival this week with evangelist Dwight Smith, and he got in on Saturday evening, and I took him over there with us, and we ate those crabs and some corn on the cob, and had a good time of fellowship, and taught him how to crack open those crabs and get that crab meat out of there but one of the things that was fascinating to me was uh, the way that we were able to catch so many crabs in such a short amount of time. We were there from about 5.30, I guess, started putting the uh, the uh little brim and the chicken necks uh, that we used for bait in those baskets. And uh, by about nine o'clock, we were pulling baskets in and stacking them up on the boat and headed to the dock. And in just that short amount of time, we caught uh, a good, good uh, uh, harvest, I guess you could say, of crabs. But the secret was not putting out one basket. Uh, we had 36 baskets. We had three lines of crab baskets, and there was 12 baskets in each line. And we, we set those baskets out in that, in that creek over there. We would call it down south. We would call that a bay or an inlet. But up here in uh, Maryland, it's just a big old wide creek, shallow creek over there off of Sparrow's Point, and uh, 36 baskets and a trot line, 400-foot-long trot line. About every three feet or so was a chicken neck tied on that trot line, and it had floats on both ends. We'd start at one end, and we'd go down through there, and those crabs grab a hold of those chicken necks and won't let go. And as that line starts to come up to the surface, you just take a fishnet, and you just scoop those crabs right off that uh, bait, right over in the boat, and uh, boy, me and Zane had a time, and Brother Johnny showed us how to do that, and we had a good time to pull those baskets in, and sometimes you'd pull the basket in and be empty. Check, make sure your bait's still there, throw it back in the water. Sometimes you'd pull that basket in, there'd be a crab in there. Sometimes it'd be a little one, a baby one. Sometimes it'd be a big old huge one, and we were able to keep those Sometimes we pull those baskets in, there'd be two crabs in there. A couple of times we pull the basket in and we didn't pull it in fast enough. And that crab would just crawl right up the side, jump back in the water. And uh, we had a good time uh, crabbing. Never done it before, learned a lot. One of the things I recognized about that whole process was the biblical aspects that the Bible teaches us about how to be uh, successful and prosperous and fruitful. In our soul-winning efforts, nowhere in the Bible do you find where uh, God gives a man a cane pole, gives him one hook, says, "Sit here on this on this stump, or sit here on this dock, and you just fish right here until you get a nibble. And You set the hook and take the fish off the hook and 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 throw it back in the water." It's interesting to me that in the Bible, the way they went fishing was with nets. In Matthew chapter number four. Jesus, the Bible says, walking by the sea of Galilee, saw two men, two brethren, Simon called Peter and Andrew's brother, casting a net into the sea for they were fishers. And Jesus said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And they straightway left their nets and followed after Jesus. And trust me, Jesus didn't take a bunch of professional fishermen and tell them to leave their nets and, and leave their boats and these guys were used to catching fish by the schools, by the by the swarms, and give them a cane pole. Oh no, he told them, "Come follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men." And when you start to study the the, the outreach tech, uh, techniques of the Lord Jesus Christ in the early church, the Bible says in Mark chapter number sixteen, verse number twenty, they went forth and preached everywhere. I like that preaching everywhere. They were running trot lines is what they were doing. The Bible says in Acts chapter number eight, verse number four, they were scattered abroad everywhere preaching the word. Jesus in Luke chapter number nine, verse number six, the Bible says departed and went through the towns, preaching the gospel and healing everywhere. What were they doing? They were running trot lines. That's what they were doing. They were casting their nets. And you go over to Acts chapter number 8, verse number 40. The Bible says Philip was passing through as he preached in all the cities. They didn't miss any spot. They didn't just sit in one place. They were busy. In 2 Corinthians 10, the apostle Paul said that God had given him the desire to preach the gospel in the regions beyond you. Regions beyond you. In fact, when you read Acts chapter number one, you get very clearly the great commission where Jesus says, you shall be witnesses unto me after you receive power. You shall be witnesses unto me both. Here we go, both in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. Don't don't just take a cane pole. And I don't care if you're just a layman in the church. I don't care if you're a new convert. I don't care if you're a pastor. God, don't give us cane poles. God ain't in the cane pole business, all right? He's in the net business. He's in the trot line business, all right? We went fishing Saturday with 36 crab baskets on a 400-foot trot line, and it's no miracle. There's no no great accomplishment that we were able to catch a a bushel basket of crabs because we had diversified our approach to the the fishing uh, agenda, and 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 what I'm seeing today is I'm seeing a lot of Christians that are complaining, preacher. I don't ever see anybody saved. I've been saved for five years. I've been saved ten years. I have been saved 10 years i had not led anybody to the Lord. Well, it might be because you're using a cane pole. What is your what is your uh, method of evangelism? Is it leaving a track in the bathroom at the restaurant? Is it is it giving your gospel track? To the woman at the shopping at the shopping center when you check out your groceries is is the your only form of evangelism leaving a track on the table and giving it to that waitress. And I'm not saying God can't use that. God obviously has used it, and many people no doubt have been saved. But let's just be honest. That's a pretty that's a pretty narrow scope of evangelism if your only outreach is leaving a gospel track somewhere while somebody's working when they're busy. They're right in the middle of something. They take that thing, lay it to the side. We actually have a lady in our church who has got an amazing testimony. Sister Leah uh, got, got uh, found out about our church. Somebody gave her an invitation to our Christmas play back this past December. We did a Christmas play on uh, White as Snow, and we made some little flyers, and people were giving them out. And somebody gave them to the lady down at the, uh, uh, I think it was the Bath and Body Works. And the employee looked at it and was in the process of throwing it in the trash when Sister Leah said, hey, I, I want that. And she grabbed it, looked at it, and came to church. And uh, she's been here ever since. And uh, God's using her in a great way. Uh, and I'm not saying that God can't use those those outreach uh, opportunities. All I'm saying is if that's the only way, if that's the only way that you're evangelizing is leaving a track here and there, you might, be, you might be disappointed in the, the fact that you're not seeing a great harvest of souls. Here's what, here's what the Apostle Paul said. Well, let, me, let me give you this verse. Here's what Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter number 9 and verse number 6. He that soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly. And he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. You know, so uh, the, the biblical principles, whether it be fishing, and using nets, or whether it be the analogy that is used many times in the scripture of that of sowing seed. The principle is very clear. The more seed you sow, the more uh, of a harvest you will reap. And we find that uh, in the parable of the sower in Matthew chapter 13, where the Bible says a sower went forth to sow. And when he sowed, some seeds fell by the wayside. The fowls came and devoured them up. And then in chapter 13, verse number five, The Bible says he sowed and some seed fell upon stony places where they had not much earth. And and the Bible says for which they sprung up because they had no deepness of earth. And when the sun was up, they were scorched. And because they had no root, they withered away. And some fell among thorns and the thorns sprang up and choked them. But other seed, the Bible says in verse 8, fell on the good ground and brought forth fruit, some a hundredfold, some sixtyfold and some thirtyfold. So we get the picture here of the sower with a bag of seed or a big, huge basket of seed, reaching his hand down and getting handfuls of seed and casting seed and throwing seed everywhere he went. And the more seed you throw, the better chances you have of that seed falling on good ground. You and I don't always know where the good ground is. We're not always the judge of where's a good place to sow seed. And so our job is just throw as much seed as we can. We put those crab baskets out in that, in that uh, shallow creek there. And the tide was, uh, was, was up when we did that. And the tide began to go out throughout the course of the morning. And after a while, we were only in about three feet deep of water. And then you could see the grass. And, uh, and the, the circumstances were changing. Sun was coming up. It was getting hot. Uh, tide was going out. I mean, There was a lot of uh, things coming into play, a lot of different dynamics at play. But we were able to catch a bushel full of crabs because we had so many baskets out. And we would start at one end, and uh, we were pulling those baskets in. I was watching Zane. He had a good time on his knees on that boat, leaning over. And as we took that trolling motor and pulled up to those big old floats, those uh, big old floats that were there on the water, Zane had grabbed that thing, and he began to reel that that, uh, rope in. And and look in that basket, and boy, some days sometimes it'd be pay dirt. There's a crab right there. Dump it in the basket, and turn that basket upside down, and dump that crab or those crabs, as it was in some cases, into those baskets of bushel baskets, and make sure the bait's still there. Make sure there's uh, plenty of bait there, and throw that basket back out in the water. And we just start at one end of that line, and we would go down through there, and then we would go to the other line of 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 baskets, and we we just kept going up and down those three lines with 12 baskets in each one. And boy, sometimes you pull it in, it be empty. Sometimes you pull it in and there'd be two in there. And, and all I'm saying is this, a lot of times you get discouraged soul winning. Maybe you need to think outside the box. Maybe you need to um, broaden your scope. Here at Calvary Baptist Church, we have multiple soul winning outreaches. We go out on Wednesday, take all of our teens out on Wednesday, load a bus and go out on Wednesday evening before church. And 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 go knock doors and pass out tracts and and then we go again on Saturday and give folks an opportunity to go out on Saturday. We got a group of ladies that go out on Tuesday and go out and go soul winning. They meet here at the church and they go out. Some of our elder ladies, elderly ladies, go out and we're doing Operation Saturation right now. We're trying to put twenty thousand bags out in our community and we're a little over halfway there. We've put out about eleven or twelve thousand so far, and in each bag has seven pieces of literature in there. And on and that literature, one of them, those pieces of literature, it's got a QR code. You take your smartphone, hold it up on that QR code. It pulls up a YouTube video of Evangelist Caleb Garraway's um, gospel film uh, where he sits there and takes a Bible and gives a clear presentation of the gospel. That QR code is on that card. We put that card in that bag. What are we doing? We're setting out trot lines, putting as many hooks in the water as we can. The more hooks you put in the water, the more crab baskets you drop in the water, the better chances you have of having some supper. We sat around the table on Saturday night, and boy, we ate crab till we were about to bust. And they'd been steamed in that old bay, and we had the corn on the cob. We was rolling that in the butter and and the, uh, the old bay seasoning, and we broke Brother Smith in right here in Maryland and taught him how to break open those crabs and we had those hammers out and we had the newspapers out on the table. Man, we made a mess and it was wonderful. And we had a great feast because we had set out that trot line and we, if we'd all just jumped in the boat and had one or two baskets and sat there and waited, 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 waited we might would have come home and had enough crab meat to feed one or two of us. But as it turned out, he had two pots of steamed crab. And man, we was more, it was more than we could eat. And all I'm saying is, A lot of times, if you're not careful, you get tunnel vision in your outreach and your soul winning. And I've seen a lot of pastors say, yeah, we have our Thursday night visitation and three people come out and they go knock on about three doors each. And that's the extent of their soul winning. And they wonder why their church isn't growing. They wonder why they don't have any visitors. They wonder why no new people are coming through the doors of their church. And and maybe you need to set out a trot line, put that cane pole back in the shed. And 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 broaden your horizons, and think outside the box. When we were when we were missionaries in uh, in Samoa back in the early '80s, there was a couple of um, tuna canneries there, and they 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 uh, canned the tuna that you buy in the store, chicken of the sea, and a couple other names that that uh, is not coming to mind right now. Uh, but they had what they call persainers. You can look it up on the internet. And that's these big ships that have these just massive, massive, massive nets. And they go out in the ocean and they drop one end of that net. And then that ship will just go and it'll, it'll make a huge, huge circle and come back around. And then when they draw that net, that net is full of tuna. Could you imagine trying to run a tuna cannon business with a guy with a cane pole? And could you imagine how many people go hungry? If they were relying on three or four people with a couple of cane poles, a couple of Zebcos out there trying to catch tuna. No, you got to think big. You got to think in bulk. You got to think about reaching as many people as you possibly can in the shortest amount of time. And the way you do that is run a trot line. All right. And uh, don't, don't, don't just leave a gospel track on the table. Don't just leave a track in the bathroom. Don't just leave a track at the at the grocery store when you check out your groceries. Those are fine. Keep doing that. But you've got to do more than that. You've got to be witnesses both in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. And when you read the book of Acts, man, they went everywhere. Jesus and his disciples went everywhere. In fact, in Mark chapter number one, when Jesus got up early one morning and went into a solitary place and prayed, the disciples came to him, and when they found him, They said unto him, they said, all men seek for thee. And Jesus said, we're going to the next towns. We're going into the other towns. We've already been here. We've already performed miracles here. We cast devils out here last night at Peter's Peter's mother-in-law's house. We were there all night. We're not going to stay there. We're not just going to keep fishing in the same fishing hole. We're going to go to these other towns. There's people everywhere that needs the gospel. And one of the things that God laid on my heart last year with our missions program here at Calvary Baptist Church was the Every Nation Project. And God burdened my heart to sow seed in every nation, not just not just a few. And then you go to a lot of churches and you see they support 20 missionaries, 50 missionaries, 100 missionaries. A lot of them are in the same countries, are in the same places. A lot of them are here in the States. So you'd be amazed at how many churches have a missions program and half their missionaries are in the United States. And and that's fine, but but maybe you need to set a trot line. Quit fishing the same fishing hole and diversify. And God laid that on our heart to do that, and we've taken on missionaries now in, um, goodness, 120-something, 130 countries. And out of the 195 in, on the planet, we're trying our best to put a missionary in every country, sow seed somehow, some way in all 195 countries. You say, is that even doable? I don't know, but we're going to try. We're doing our best to try to find them. And and, and what we're doing, we're running a trot line. I like it. When I get to heaven, I was looking at my Bible. When I get to heaven, the Bible tells us around the throne of God in the book of Revelation. And I wrote a song about this about this very verse um, several years ago, and our choir sings it. And uh, But in Re- Revelation chapter 5, the Bible tells us in verse number 9 that they sung a new song saying thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof, for thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God by thy blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation. And I told our church, I said, I want to be a part of that. If there's going to be people around the throne of God, and the Bible says that there will be from every kindred, tongue, and people and nation. If there's going to be people in heaven from every nation, I want to be a part of that. I want people from every nation to be able to come up to me or from somebody from our church When we get to heaven, say, thank you for sending a missionary. Thank you for sowing seed. Thank you for being a witness in my nation, in my country. What am I saying? I'm saying run a trot line. The Bible says, he that soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly. And he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. And so diversify, run a trot line, get more hooks in the water. Our church also has a a, uh, uh, we have nursing home ministries. We've got uh, rescue mission uh, ministries where we go down to the rescue mission and and preach and do Bible studies down there and, and do soul winning down there. This church has been here 75 years and we're still doing operation saturation and knocking doors multiple times in a week. And we've got the podcast and we're writing gospel tracks and and not just one track or two tracks, but we've got dozens of different tracks, different titles. We've got large print tracks that we've written for senior saints and people have a difficult time reading printed literature. Many times they won't even read it because it's hard to read it. So we did a track for older people and it's got a, a name of it is, um, You Still Got Time. And, uh, and it's a large print, big font. They can read that, and get the gospel message and something that's easy to read. We've got tracks we've written to pass out at funerals. We do a lot of funerals around here. And when we go to a, 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 a funeral, we've got a specific track, It's got a casket on the front of it, flowers, praying for you during your time of loss, a message to you during your time of loss from Calvary Baptist Church. And you open it up and it comes to them with the gospel from someone that is going through a loss and a bereavement. Very uh, focused literature, tracks for teenagers, seasonal tracks that we pass out in the fall with fall leaves on it and, and w- winter tracks with snow and, people with their toboggans and we pass out uh, tracks in the in the spring with the flowers and the and the butterflies and just seasonal and and just a uh, just a variety of literature different sizes different shapes and different colors and different themes and different graphics on the front different titles we've got a football track that we've written called false start uh and it's got a football on the front of it it's got a referee throwing a flag it's got the purple background to appeal to the Baltimore Ravens fans here in the Baltimore area. And it talks about how that you can watch a play, and they, they, they snap the ball and they run the play. And they run into the end zone and everybody's shouting and everybody's celebrating only to notice that there's a yellow flag laying back there where there was a false start and nothing counts. None of the points count. They had to come off the board because they didn't start right. You tie that in with the gospel message of it doesn't matter if you've been baptized, joined the church, all the good works you do, giving money to the church. If you didn't get saved, then none of that counts. When you stand before God, none of that counts because you had a false start. And it's just different messages and different tracks and And I go to a lot of churches sometimes, they've got one track, and it's the same track they've been passing out for the last 15 or 20 years. And people get tired, church members get tired of passing out the same old tracks over and over and over. And so we give our people fresh literature, we print new batches and and keep it mixed up. And and, uh, boy, it's amazing how much people pass out tracks and they got something new and something that's fresh to pass out. What are we doing? We're putting more hooks in the water. We're diversifying. And one of the most popular tracks that's ever been passed out in America probably was that Jack Chick track on This Was Your Life, black track that, uh, probably, it'll tell me how many thousands and thousands of people have been saved from that track, but it's been translated into multiple languages. And not just that track, but Chick Tracks had dozens and dozens and dozens of different kinds of tracks that they use to reach people, the Jews, and to reach the Muslims, and reach the biker gangs, and the drug addicts, and, and the children, and all these different things, and had the privilege uh, several weeks ago, out in Laverne, California, at Lighthouse Baptist Church, where the Dunlop's, my good friend, Brother Brian Dunlop, was at his church, and there was a gentleman there that worked and labored with the Chick uh, Track ministry for a number of years, and labored alongside a jack chick, and he's going on to be with the Lord now. And this man's carrying that ministry on, and they're writing new tracks. And what are they doing? Putting more hooks in the water. you stand there with a cane pole and use one thing and and get so tunnel vision that you think, oh, my goodness, nobody's getting saved these days. People are getting saved all over the world. We get people saved here at Calvary Baptist Church weekly. Weekly we get saved. But but, but, but there's we got more than one hook in the water. And I just want to challenge you. Whether you're a Christian, whether you're a pastor, or whether you're a missionary on a foreign field, don't get tunnel vision. Don't get tunnel vision. When we were missionaries in South Africa, the Lord gave us so many opportunities to present the gospel. And God was constantly giving me fresh ideas and new ways to reach people. And and, uh, we passed out literature. We went door to door. We stuffed mailboxes, which was legal to do there. I'd go stand on the street corner, pass out just truckloads of literature, set up a table, just stacks of literature, and boxes of literature, and pass those out. We had a tent that we would go out and set that tent up in the outskirts of the city, go out in the rural areas and set up that tent, and we would hold a week or two of meetings, and we would see hundreds of people come to Christ. I had a fishbowl ministry where we would take a plastic fishbowl, and I'd take cassette uh, tapes, and, and I would erase them, and i of churches in the state, send me Boxes of, of 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 tapes, cassette tapes. Of course, this was how long ago it was. We're using cassette tapes. You'd probably want to do a CD now. But I had a, a high speed duplicator, and I had a message I preached on. You must be born again, or or God's plan of salvation. Something simple, something powerful. And we would duplicate those tapes and put the labels on there and fill those fish bowls up. I had a little laminated sign on the front. This was a free gift from Calvary Baptist Church in Bloemfontein, South Africa. Or the church website and my cell phone number and 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 I'd go through there every few weeks, and that bowl would be empty. People would take those those tapes out and listen to them and uh and I'd just keep filling them up and that was just another way, and we preached in the y m c a and we preached in the schools and preached over at the college and and uh, just so many different ways, and we saw hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people saved in South Africa, because we ran a trot line. We didn't just have one hook in the water. We didn't just have one little small tunnel vision way of reaching people. And now in 2022, we've got even more ways. We've got podcasts. You can write books. And so many people write me and text me. Thank you. I read your book. I get emails and letters just about every day of my life. I read your book. Thank you so very much for that book. You say, well, I don't know how to write a book. Sure you do. Can you talk? Can you tell a story? Sure you can. And ask God to let you write tracts, pamphlets, booklets. It don't have to be a 400-page book, but you can write little booklets and, and pamphlets and get those printed and pass those out and let God use them. We got a man in our church that writes poems. He's got four books of poems. One of our senior saints, very limited. He's actually down right now with his health. I talked to him on the phone last night. Struggling with his health. He writes poems, writes them out by hand. We got people in the church that'll type them up for him and put them in a book. He's got four books of poems that thick that he writes at his dining room table. And God's using him. There's so many ways God could use you to be a blessing and reach people with the gospel. And, and, um, you've got, uh, podcasts and YouTube channels and people make videos about the dumbest stuff and crazy stuff and, and silly stuff. What about taking, uh, uh, the, the opportunities and the platforms that we have today? and put some more hooks in the water. Some of you pastors uh, don't even have a live stream. You don't record your services and put them on live stream. You say, I don't want to do that. You would not believe, you would not believe the hundreds and the hundreds more people you could reach than you're reaching right now by live streaming your services. It don't have to be a fancy multi-camera Multi-faceted uh, 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 aspect. Just get you one camera. Start out simple. Put an iPhone on a on a tripod. Live stream your services. Put those on your church's website or your Facebook page, and um, and make a podcast and or put them on your YouTube channel. And we get we get hundreds of views of people that are not able to be in our services. What are we doing? We're running a trot line. We're setting up a trot line, putting more hooks in the water, seeing people reached. And I just want to challenge you uh, today. God's given us multiple ways to influence and impact the world. And and just don't be tunnel vision and and complaining about, I don't ever see anybody get saved. Nobody's getting saved at our church. Uh, well, maybe you need to do something different. The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. Maybe you need to ask God to give you a greater vision and open up your eyes and and uh, put that cane pole back in the shed, run a trot line, and watch God do amazing, amazing things. I just thought I'd challenge you today and uh, encourage you to uh, reach the world in your area with the gospel and uh, put some nets out and cast some nets and let God use you to make a difference. I appreciate you tuning in today. The podcast was a blessing Let me know. Be sure and share it with your family and friends. And until next time, may the Lord richly bless you.